Bible. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes uh, in studio this uh, Friday afternoon, by the way. I don't know what it's like up in um, out in Mississippi or Virginia Beach or Texas or wherever you're listening from, but I think our heat index in Jacksonville, uh, I've been told, is about 115 degrees, so I am glad to be in studio, although things will kind of heat up in here today. i got a good friend of mine in studio. Doug is... Uh, as always, or at least not always, but I try to encourage him, hey, take a day off. And uh, hopefully he is spending with Lori and they are just enjoying some time together. But uh, if you happen to miss uh, the broadcast yesterday, July 20th, uh, Doug did an interview with Steve Eastberg and uh, Mark Holcomb from Colson Cohort Directors. They're both directors. So I highly recommend go back, listen to that podcast or broadcast um, if you're new to SWAT and you're wondering what the heck this is all about, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And uh, we are a weekly Bible study that gets together throughout the Northeast Florida area, <clears throat> five different studies that gather. The uh, SWAT radio came out of those studies as a extension of His Light International Ministries, where Doug and I chatted up Monday through Friday here and... Uh, just exposit the word together and discuss it and invite you to call in. If you want to call in today, 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928. And uh, usually I am in studio on Fridays with David Gray, and he and I will work through a text together and uh, just kind of put on display, if you will, if that's possible on radio, what it looks like to make a disciple. And so, but David's out of town. In fact, uh, David is, I think he's back in his home area of Boston, Massachusetts. Go fact, Sox. I was going to say, one of my, my guests today, uh, aren't you from that area? Go Sox, baby. Come on now. You know it. <clears throat> well, I've got Aaron Pena with me this morning or this afternoon. And uh, Aaron, Aaron, you and I met, I'm trying to remember, it's probably been about six months ago. May, may have been longer. I don't know. Sure. But uh just kind of, I feel like in many ways, and I know you're going to talk about this even today, is sometimes we get so busy in life, we never have a chance to kind of plant roots or to, and I don't mean necessarily in the in the sense of uh, where you live, <clears throat> but the people you engage with. And uh, I, uh, in fact, I need to find it. I, I had something with me I was going to share that really meant a lot. I'll find it maybe on the break. But uh, anyway, if you're tuning in, uh, we got a great program today. I'm excited to have Aaron in studio with me. And um, if you want to call in again, the number is 844-777-7928. Aaron is with uh, Seasons of Life Ministries. Um, and we're going to kind of get into talking about that. But before we do, um, how you doing, man? You good? Awesome. Are awesome. you? Yeah, good. good to be in the cool right about now. Isn't that about Tracer? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, we walked in, it's like, oh, yes, feels great. Uh, in fact, I, uh, okay, so I was, uh, we literally met in the lobby, came up, we were just talking about how hot it is, and uh, you just moved here from Georgia, correct? Yes, where, sir. Where in Georgia? We were in a little town, the thriving metropolis of Harrison, Georgia, population 492. Come on. 
Go on. Now, what were you doing there? Uh, as little as possible. <laughs> no, we we uh, my wife and I had been called into full time vocational ministry probably 16 years ago. Okay. Uh, and as missionaries on support for years and years, uh, it wasn't like we were rolling in the dough. And uh, the wait, place... wait, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. Well, we got. Are, are you mi- telling me people in ministry don't roll in the dough? And honestly, in mi- <laughs> we got into ministry for the fame and the fortune, <laughs> and so you know that's how that's how it was going. But the play, we lived in the metro Atlanta area for about 20 years, and where we were living was just getting more and more and more expensive hmm. and worse congested. And so God opened a variety of doors in ways that only God can, connected some dots on the map that moved us to buying our first house on five acres in the middle of nowhere in, in rural Georgia, which was gorgeous. It was quiet. It was peaceful. But it was like an hour away from anything that we needed to get done. Um, so that's what we were doing. We were trying to get things done long distance. Wow. Yeah. So where where is where, Harrison? Yeah, Harrison is uh, kind of in the middle of the state in between Augusta and Millersville, Georgia. Okay. We were just talking to some friends in Millersville that said the heat index is about a buck eight today. Ooh. So holla. <clears throat> yeah, middle holla. Of Georgia. Well, we uh, we have we're on a few stations up in Georgia, mm. and uh, so we've got some. I don't know. You're not a bulldog, although you got red on. Yes, sir. But uh, Go dogs. you know, <laughs> yeah. Although I'm a TCU Horn Frog, so oh, you guys man. put hurting on us in the national championship. But uh, that'll that'll be about all we talk about. By the way, so usually our first segment, Aaron, we kind of talk about just current events, things that are happening, and. Uh, uh, Anyway, I don't want to get into the news, but one of the things that I thought was interesting since since you uh, had some some time in Georgia, um, I don't know if people have heard Jason Aldean's new song called. Uh, let's see what it, that that try that in a small town. That's the name of the song. Try that in a small town. Jeremy, have you heard of that song yet? Try That in a Small Town by Jason Aldean. I don't know. I don't know if our, a lot of our listeners are into country music. Yeah, if I can alienate <laughs> half of your audience, there are two kinds of music that I just don't listen to, country and western. Well, you just so, lost me. You sorry. need to cancel his mic, Wicked. would you? <laughs> <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm forced into that. My, my son-in-law, one of my son-in-laws is a uh, well-known uh, country artist and... Uh, well known for a number of number one hits and uh so i I wouldn't say i'm forced into it although i love everything he writes and uh but here's the deal jason aldean wrote a song recently and performed it and it's 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 now number one on country charts and almost all charts all musical genres number one now just just think about the title of that try that in a small town sure now I won't go into the details of the song or the lyrics, although they're 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 good. Um, but he has caught some major abuse for this song, and uh, it's just really sad to be honest, because he's really addressing the fact that all this other stuff that's going on in these cities that we you know the riots and all that stuff. Mm. He's basically saying, "I grew up in a small town. We wouldn't put up with that." Yeah. And uh, anyway, it's kind of kind of interesting. I haven't even talked to Doug about it, but uh, maybe he and I'll tackle that on Monday when we come back. Uh, Doug's probably right now tuning into you know country radio, going to figure out that song. But it's interesting, you know, living in a small town. I didn't grow up in a small town, but I was raised by a very tight knit family, 
And I can tell you, my mother wouldn't let me get away with stuff. You know sure. what I mean? I don't know if you grew up like that. Yeah, uh, in a small town on a on a little island called Cape Cod. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, peninsula, whatever you want to call it. But it was uh, everybody knew your business, and and you couldn't really you know mess around without it getting back to your mama. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, that's good. You had good upbringing then. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, we're gonna uh, before we take our first break. I, I want to just let you kind of. Uh, share with our listeners uh, just uh, we usually just kind of say hey tell us your testimony what how did you come to christ sure um i grew up like i said uh on cape cod it was um you were either catholic or other uh and you know one of my family one of my parents was catholic so it was like you're going to the catholic church uh grew up in that but i I never really felt a connection uh to the church i never really felt a connection to god uh, and there were some of those others that were that talked about having a relationship with Jesus Christ, but unfortunately, the ones that I met were way too over the top, had terrible methodology, and were just as big a hypocrite as I was. So I wasn't interested in what they were selling. Hmm. When I got into college, um, I sort of created my own a god of my own uh, making, and and was sort of salad bar agnostic uh new agey. And uh, round about my 30s, after traveling around the country for business, a mentor in business said, hey, you're, you're coming to church with us on Sunday. And I was like, no, I'm not. He said, no, we'll pick you up. And, you know, him knowing that I wouldn't jump out of a moving vehicle, he kind of had me. So I went to church, um, heard some different stuff that I, you know, heard things. The, the, the guy on stage was saying things that the Bible says this and the Bible says that. And I went, I have never heard that before. That is the weirdest thing ever. I'm going to expose this guy for the fraud he is. I'm just going to keep listening. I'm going to come back over and over again. And one of these days, you know, I'm going to prove Andy Stanley to be a complete fraud. Me, big Aaron Pena was going to do that, right? Good luck. And But everything he was saying made so much sense. He said it in such a clear way that I went, man, I really can't argue with this. I got to come back next week and see how the story continues. Mm. And at some stage, uh, I was faced with the decision. You can either, you know, we want you to make take a next step here at our church. And you either going to become a member, you're going to be in a small group, you're going to do something next. And as I looked at their membership application, uh, they asked us to sign their statement of faith, flipped it over, looked at the statement of faith. It said some things like, we believe this about God. I'm like, yeah, I believe that. We believe this about Jesus. Sure, I believe that. We believe this about sin. We believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. And I went, <clears throat> breaks. Hold on, man. Hmm. Th- this thing's thousands of years old. How can you be sure of that? And so for me, the next step for me was what they called the starting point class. I needed to get into a, a 12 or 13 week journey where I could bring my tough questions, get them answered in an environment that was designed for that and really come settle the the argument or settle the issue of, can I trust the Bible? And so that was, you know, halfway through that, that was April 7th of, of 2001, um, I finally came to a point where I realized, you know what, I, I don't need to know everything to believe in something. Yeah. <laughs> and I finally got to that point where somewhere between the 9 o'clock and the 11 o'clock service, I realized two things were absolutely true. One, I couldn't fix me. And two, God is the only one who could. And my sinner's prayer was, uh, was very simple. It was Jesus, okay, and I was in. Uh, and so that was that was the beginning of the journey for me, or at least that was a midpoint of the journey, you know, about 20 years ago. 
Uh, and I found myself, you know, leading small groups, leading in children's ministry, leading in, in a variety of areas because I just wanted other people to get hold of, you know, what God was really about mm-hmm. and, and settle it for themselves as well. And so I found myself, um, you know, leading these groups and, and I, I met this woman who was uh, interested in leading divorce care groups. They had a very large divorce care ministry. We were in Alpharetta, Georgia, and there were lots of folks with disposable income and disposable time. And we discovered that those two in the wrong setting uh, can lead to people doing really evil, awful stuff to each other in the context of marriage. And so we had a very deep bench of divorce care leaders, which was a, a sad story, but a good story. Uh, and we found ourselves leading these 13-week uh, groups of divorce care where we'd always have a group of people at the end that were ready for a small group, another group of people that needed a starting point group because they weren't really sure about Jesus and they needed to be. Uh, and then we'd always have this other group of people that needed to kind of just grab, can we just grab coffee, you and I, and just talk about this? And we found ourselves sitting down one-on-one with people answering three questions. What are you reading in the Word? What are you struggling with? And how can I pray for you? Hmm. And that kind of became sort of our private ministry, which when this woman and I finally said I do at the altar, we signed a piece of paper called Seasons of Life Ministries and uh, and launched our, our private ministries into a public ministry. God, that was perfect timing. Well done. We're going to take a break here in just a second. But, and I want to pick back up on that when we come back from the break. One thing that you hit on, those three questions. Sure. Boy, are those not true today in every life that we engage with? And so, uh, anyway, glad to have Aaron Pena in studio with me. Nice to have somebody live in studio, too. So, uh, glad you tuned in. If you want to call this afternoon and chat it up, 844-777-7928. If you have any questions or comments, send that to brad at swatradio.com. I've got my computer open if you want to send me a message or a question. Be glad to tackle that here on the air live. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and be right back. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. 91 FM, the truth. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes in studio with my good friend Aaron Pena. And uh, Aaron, it's funny, I was, uh, before I came into the studio, I was just kind of making some notes, as I often do when I have a guest in. 
and I was I, I wrote on my my note here common interest. Well, obviously our love for Jesus. Amen. But uh, not only common interest, but common characteristics. You got a great bald head, like like I do. Appreciate fact, you. Jeremy's probably in there blinding. Is so much glare in this room between Aaron and myself. <laughs> There's a French guy named Gillette who does my hair. Gillette, I like day. it. Yeah, I like it. Anyway, we uh, we also uh, have homeschooling in yes, common. Mm. Uh, in fact, you already started talking about Vody. We, we were chatting it up about Vody Bauckham and Paul Washer, two of my two of my favorite guys to listen to. I've been listening. Well, obviously, I shared with you Vody Bauckham was our associate pastor at our church in Sugarland, Texas. Mm. And uh, Vody had a huge impact in our life as a homeschool family. Sure. We were homeschooling before that, but uh, he was very impactful in my view of a family integrated church, mm. which was, uh, that's a whole nother subject. But, um, and then, and then Paul Washer, I've been listening to Paul for years. And uh, just, lo- of course, he's a Texan also, both those guys. Uh, although Vody's not originally from Texas, he's from California but uh now living in zimbabwe uh south africa anyway the uh but yeah you think about the men or the pastors or preachers who have impacted your life it's such a significant thing and so anyway we have homeschool we have discipleship you just kind of teed us up for what we're going to even talk about today in the seasons of life ministry those three questions that you ask people what are you struggling with or no, what what are you reading in the Bible? Yeah. Great point. What are you struggling with, mm. and how can we pray for you? I mean, just take a note of that. You know, when you meet with people, what a great conversation starter. Yeah, it's not complicated. <clears throat> no, right? exactly. It's not a it's not a, a, a curriculum. It doesn't take long to to ask those questions. And in sixteen years, seventeen, eighteen years, you know, between volunteering and then professionally, professionally. Um, I've never had a self-aware guy fail to answer those questions because they're, they're reading something. It may not be yeah. in the word. <clears throat> they're struggling with something, something. And, and the key is that anytime something is out of alignment, anytime we're struggling with something in life, it's because something's out of alignment. The only thing that will get it back into alignment is the word. Yeah. The only thing yeah. reliable. Yeah. Yeah. I was I just shared with you on the break. Most of our listeners know Doug and I have known each other known each other for twenty five years, and while we love, you know, we both love to teach the word. We love to uh, to lead men through the word, but that the word gets in them, that it becomes it. it it's that seed that gets planted in us. And uh, anyway, the, just the the value of the off air conversations that we often have, and I, I shared with you the similarly so one other thing we have in common just one other thing we've got many many things is our desire to make disciples to make disciples who make disciples and uh the i I ask similar questions one is what are you what are you reading Mm -hmm. uh because what are you what are you reading obviously i like the idea what are you reading in the bible now i'm targeting toward somebody who i think's in the bible often the challenge in our churches today they're so entertaining that you know even some of them don't even have a bible you know it's like they don't encourage that i'm i'm a big believer have a bible with you You we never know when digitally that might get adjusted Mm -hmm. you know somehow i'm not a agreed i'm not a you know 
My tinfoil hat's in the I, back. I was going to say, I'm not a tinfoil guy, but it, it, you start to wonder a little bit. But the idea, what are you reading? What are you listening to? Um, what are you watching? And who are you hanging around with? Because those four questions for me shape who you are as a man. And, uh, you know, I listen, it doesn't mean you don't hang around with people who don't love Christ. In fact, I think we're called to go into the dark places. Yeah. And uh, but the reality is we got to get fueled. We got to get uh, we got to get the word into us. We got to get men around us who will challenge us and hold us accountable. And uh, so I think our hearts are in line as it relates to that. Hey, one uh, kind of uh, mystery, uh, common thing you and I have in common. How about Papa Do's? Tell me that is not a real deal. Go now, figure. Okay, so I want to hear about that real quick. But so for those of our listeners, now if you're in the Atlanta area, you may be familiar with Papa Do's or Papacitas. But of course, everybody in Texas knows Papacitas and Papa Do's. And uh, I have some really funny uh, Pappas family stories. Get out. So, so you worked it. for Papa Do's for a I while. I was with them for about five years. No kidding. Yeah. In, in Atlanta? In Atlanta, in the Norcross store. Papa Doe 19, PDX 19. I always thought you looked familiar. I bet I've seen you there a hundred times. Could very well be. (laughs) You know, I've got kids in Nashville, so we often go, we drive there. So we go to Atlanta. In fact, nowadays, we'll actually stop in Atlanta, spend the night, because I don't want to make that drive. And, uh, you know, every single time, and I know my my kids probably listen to me on the radio almost every other day or two, and uh, they're probably going, yep, dad's going to talk about Papacitos. (laughs) Ah, Killer salsa, man. I oh, love Papacitos. Best salsa. chips and best salsa. Amazing. And just best fajitas anywhere in the world. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's nothing Nailed like it. it. People that say, oh, this is the greatest. I'm telling you, it's not. You got to try it, Papacitos. But Papa Do's is more Cajun. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, my wife is not a seafood person. So we don't go to Papa Do's. We go to Papacitos, which is right next door. But anyway, gotcha. enough, enough of that deep stuff. Go figure. <laughs> Let's get into some real real topics. Although I have kind of wanted, I've tried to make really good friends with people at Papacitas just to, so they can tell me, how do you tenderize that meat? How does that meat come out so tender? I know. And not Papa's only that. Family secret. Yeah, exactly. Somebody told me it was like, it's like a dryer. They throw the meat in there. It just beats it for hours. But And that may be true. Um, I don't know if my wife would be up for me throwing a slab of meat in the dryer but i may have to try that the other thing is their garlic butter sauce okay enough of that i don't want to lead you to you know lust struggle. after food <laughs> exactly Gluttony. oh man right. well, listen hey one other thing i was going to just mention and uh you know we're just, so so oftentimes people come in here hey what are y'all talking okay we're just we're good friends we're gonna talk and uh we may talk about food we may talk about sports we may talk about politics we will talk about the word of God. We will talk about what God is up to in your life. But one thing I wanted to mention is I was going back through my text messages that you've sent me. Hmm. And uh, I, here's what I'm going to, I'm going to read it to my, uh, our listeners just for a second. Let me find it. And uh, I'm not putting you on the spot. So I Incriminating just, just, evidence. Fair, huh? fair oh, warning. Uh, okay. So I got this on July 14th. Okay, that's just a week ago, wasn't it? Yeah, not even a week. You said praying for Brad right now. Lord, help him close four houses this month and lead as many people to know you. Brother, thank you. You betcha. I mean, I know I thumbsed up it or hearted it or something, but I'm thinking, how many men do you have in your life who will text you that simply? And uh, by the way, 
little answered prayer. My wife, uh, she is at a closing right now, and, oh. and I'm not able to be there. So right. uh, anyway, there's answered prayer right there. And uh, anyway, I just you know, as I was going back through that through that uh, text stream, I, I give thanks for men who will really uh, be praying for me, praying for you. I've I've said this oftentimes as I go speak at churches or men's groups is you better have a man in your life or two who can put their finger in your chest and challenge you. Sure. And when when you look at our society, in fact, when you narrow that circle in to the church and a lot of the leaders in the church over the years that we've seen struggle, mm-hmm. if you most of them will tell you they had no accountability in and out of the church. Absolutely, yeah, obviously sure. out of the church, you but bet. even in the church, we you were down in the lobby talking to some sweet girl down there, sure. and you used the word isolation. One of the enemy's favorite tools, isn't it? You bet. Yeah. Great, great distraction. If I can keep this guy away from other men that are gonna that are gonna call him on his stuff, that are gonna put their put their finger in his chest, I can I can lead him all over the place, and I will get him two degrees off track for miles and miles and miles, and he'll miss the mark. He'll miss the highest and best purposes that God has for his life, and that kind of accountability is absolutely crucial and pivotal uh, in the life of a guy, especially the higher you go up in influence and authority, um, the enemy just wants to take that guy out. Because if I can take out the shepherd, the, the, the sheep will scatter. Mm. I can have a massive impact. Yeah. So Well, the, yeah. the enemy comes to kill, Still, steal, kill and, and destroy. destroy. He's, the, he's the deceiver. Mm. Deception looks a lot of different ways, and especially as men, because we're very pursuit-oriented, and sure. it's very easy to, as you said, get two degrees off. And, and at, initially, you look like you're right on. Yeah. But five miles down the road, and you're one of, hundreds of yards off. And one of temptation's greatest, most common disguises is progress. Yeah. Progress. We're cranking. We're crushing it at work. I'm doing really great, but marriage is falling apart. Marriage is doing great, but my kids are falling by the wayside. Things are going fine at this, but terrible here. And we can't do it all. Mm-hmm. But if we can stay isolated from guys that are going to keep us on track and call us out on, hey, man, this ain't going right, and you 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 haven't talked about this in a while. What's what's up with that? Yeah, right. Well, in fact, you know, one of the other you've you your wife Christine is mm-hmm. that right? Uh, you have three kids, as I understand. Is that correct? Four, four, uh, but but three at home. Okay, yeah. and they're teenagers. Yes, sir. Let me pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great time. Oh, it's a it great is. Time. It I is. love the fact that they're teenagers right now because they're, so what teenagers are they? Uh, 14, 13, and thirteen. Ooh. Twins, huh? Irish triplets. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No kidding. Irish triplets, okay. yeah, yeah. Presley was 19 months old when the twins were born, so we had three under two for about five months. Well, I've got some grandkids that are Irish twins, two mm. sets of Irish twins. So kind of an interesting dynamic. Uh, so, you know, obviously as as family men, you know, we, we, we talk about these, these segments, I call them kind of the buckets of our life, you know, family yeah. life. Well, mm-hmm. personal life. What does your personal life look like? I'm not talking about who you hang around. What What is your spiritual disciplines? Uh, what is your family life? What What is, in fact, under that you know umbrella, you've got wife and family. I think they're they're one ministry, but two major issue components. In fact, I think your your family or children ministry within the home is directly impacted with how the marriage looks. And uh, and then and then you have your 
corporate life, your business life, and then you have your church life, you know. And uh, after hearing what you were talking about with, you know, Seasons of Life Ministries, how that kind of got birthed, it, it was birthed out of a divorce care, right? Sure. Okay. So yeah. tell me about that. I mean, oh, well, there's a little signal. We're going to take a break here in just a second. But when we come back from the break, I'll tell you about just kind of lay that out for us. Sure. Because I think as you and I kind of started to get to know each other, there were a lot of parallels with our passion for what God's called us to do, to make disciples, hmm. whether it be in counseling, one-on-one, or it's in small groups or even some larger groups and kind of how God opens the doors to, to speak and to minister and to love on people who are going through some difficult times. Amen. Yeah. So stay tuned. Aaron Pena is my guest and uh, glad to have him in studio with me. If you want to call this afternoon, the number is 844-777-7928. Glad to take your emails. Or- it's well underway. Temperatures still rising all around. This might be a perfect time to enjoy some AC and go to the movies. Two anticipated summer blockbusters are releasing. Folks are calling this weekend the weekend of Barbenheimer. Two premier summer movies are being released, Barbie and Oppenheimer. One movie is based on a popular children's doll, and its visuals are oversaturated in pink. This film comes off as bright, colorful, silly. Oppenheimer, on the other hand, is a movie based on one of the minds behind the creation of the atomic bomb. The tone could not be any more opposite. What do we make of this? Perhaps some individuals want a break from reality. Others want to sink deeper into it and wrestle with the hard facts of history. In Christ, we have an answer to the hard moments in history. And we also have hope for those who want a break from this world. I'm Charles Morris at haventoday.org. Expect some delays because of a crash on the East Beltway, 295 northbound between Pulaski Road and US-17. Also, there's an accident on Butler Boulevard westbound at the ramp to Kernan Boulevard. And there's a broken down vehicle on the West Beltway, 295 northbound at Blanding Boulevard. Partly cloudy tonight, low 79. Saturday will start the weekend sunny and hot, high 98. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. sky traced out by the city lights my world from a mile high best seat in the house tonight touch down in the cold black top hold on for the sudden stop breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos hey welcome back to swat radio brad and my good friend aaron pena in studio with me we're just bobbing our head listening to the music and uh good to have you in aaron brother good to be here i I mean this is way overdue although um you know trying to tee up guests when we you know monday through wednesday we're teaching or discussing discussing the word um having somebody and even even more special to me is having somebody local to come in in studio nothing like having a Little, well, little I'm local now, baby. Little eye to eye contact. Yeah. Yes. So you moved here in May, right? Yes, sir. Good. Yep. Good. You, yeah. You digging it? Loving it. Good. Yeah. Good. My wife's happy place is the beach, and the cow ponds of Middle Georgia. We're not cutting it. <clears throat> now, you guys, did you guys meet in Georgia? We did. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So she's not a Boston girl, huh? No, she's a Jersey girl. Jersey girl. Really? Go figure. Wow. Right. Wow. 
Well, anyway, I'll, let's pick back up. Um, Aaron Pena is uh, with Seasons of Life Ministries, founder, correct? Yes, sir. Founder of Seasons of Life Ministry. Somebody had to do it. Somebody had to do it, exactly. And it also within that, so Iron Forums, and we'll talk about this, but talk about Iron Forums, mm-hmm. what it is, what sure. y'all do, especially as it relates to not only the Seasons of Life, but also a, a, another ministry you and I dearly love, which is Life, life Leadership. Yeah, you bet. Sure. So, you know, everything that we did in the, in the beginning was centered around one-on-one discipleship. Um, we pretty quickly figured out that anybody who wants to live a life of purpose, on purpose, is going to find themselves fighting an everyday battle between two things, devotion and distraction. Devotion to God's highest and best purposes for their life and distraction by a million other things. Some of those are good things. Some of those are great things, but a handful of them are God things. And we just kind of discovered that discipleship somewhere between do and done is distraction. And discipleship is the thing that helps people to connect the dots, get back on track when they're off track. And so um, we use discipleship in small, medium, and large to help people capture and clarify their God-given purpose and to get back on track, to, to number their, their days and their ways according to what yeah. that purpose is. So if we can help people see clearly, choose wisely, and act boldly, even in the face of distraction, we've done them a service. And so the, the, the three sizes, we would have the large size is what we call that day, which is a, a one-man show that I do for large audiences to capture a big idea, to help people see clearly that you and I are called by God and we're accountable to God. One day we're going to come before God and account for our life. And Jesus, who is going to uh, walk us through and we're going to answer for everything we did in our life, Jesus longs to reward us for the things that we did. And then we, we take that day and we bring people through this story, this one-man show that I do about the, the rewards judgment, the Bama seat judgment, And at the end of the story, people are acutely aware of the fact that somewhere in my life I'm two degrees off track or I'm 180 degrees off track. Mm -hmm. They're going to hear the gospel artfully and carefully done, and some people are going to give their life to Christ right then and there. But bottom line, once we figure out God has a purpose for my life, now how do I order my days and my ways so that I am cutting out the fluff? Because every one of us has stuff to do, but a lot of it is stuff that is good stuff that's getting in the way of great stuff or great stuff that's getting in the way of God stuff. So how do we get those things out of the way so that we can keep the main thing, the main thing. And so that is kind of uh, where groups come in groups where I will do a gospel driven productivity workshop, like clean slate, where we take your, your, your clarified mission statement and we help you to, you know, zero out your inbox and, and clear your calendar and make sure that you've got all of those buckets figured out so that you know that, you know, on a regular basis, the right things are getting the right attention. I just talked to my wife today and she said, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm living life alone right now. Uh, our marriage is about a five. Well, great. That's good Intel. I I can do something about that. And I'm going to figure some ways to make sure that we're zeroed back in and that is not getting pushed aside. So you're almost in a sense, taking an inventory of those areas. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, last month we were at a nine. So if we can go from a nine down to a five, well got by God's grace, we can get it back up to a 10. Um, but at least we've got an eye on what are those things that matter and what is God's purpose for my life. And so 
the group's place is where Iron Forms comes in and where LifeWorks com- LifeWork comes in. Um, and I love LifeWork because, you know, four years ago, Tammy McLafferty from LifeWork um, got me in touch with got me in touch with the mission of what LifeWork is all about and said, I would love to have you come down here and do this that day show as a session for our life workers. Life work uh, takes a, a half a day out for eight months and business leaders get together and they're able to go through an eight month journey where they're going to, they're going to learn, they're going to capture and clarify their purpose. And they're going to learn about things that Jesus taught the disciples, courage, humility, um, le- leaving a legacy, generosity, and he, and they're going to sit under the word and they're going to sharpen their leadership. But when Tammy said to me, it's about leadership, not for just for the sake of leadership. It's leadership for the purpose of transforming your city for Christ. I immediately, my inner teenager just stood up and went, <clears throat> heck yeah, I'm in whatever right. you need me to do. Yeah. And so we came down and we did, we, meaning me and the voices in my head, plus my wife sure. and, and all sure. and our kids. We came down and I did the that day show for their life work class. And I said, this was the beginning of their year. And I said, how did it go? And Tammy said, it went, it went great, but it's all wrong. And I went, what? <laughs> She said, we need to do this at the end of the year where people have gone through all of this and, and we're, we're really, this is kind of a send off. And so for the past four years, we've done it at their uh, past three years, we've done it at the, the graduation. And so Tammy uh, met uh, my friend, Gary Smith, who founded Iron Forms many years ago, back in the Atlanta, Georgia area. They met in a, at an ADF event and uh, she said, you know, I, I do life work. And he said, well, that's great. I like life work. We need life work in Atlanta. And he said, uh, by the way, you need Iron Forms in Jacksonville. And like I said, my, my wife's happy place is the beach. And, and we just pounced on the opportunity. God opened both of those doors. And Gary said, if you want to come down and help us launch a, a, a an Iron Forms group down there. And Tammy said, maybe we can, you know, have you become our director of development and lead people into uh, screening people and, and leading people into the, the life work class. Maybe we can do that. So it was an opportunity made in heaven. And we're here to, to work that out. Golly. Wow. I hope our listeners, by the way, I want to uh, guide, direct you to, uh, is it, uh, g- give me some websites. I think I wrote them down. Sure. But, uh, Seasonsoflifeministries.org is our main website. Um, thatday.info is where you can go for info on that day. Uh, I know we'll talk about that in a minute, but ironforums.org uh, is a place where business owners can specifically go and find out information about how do I get involved? Maybe I don't have an Iron Forums near me. How can I get involved in the virtual Iron Forums? We just had an Iron Forms virtual this morning uh, and lifeworkfirstcoast.com uh, uh, you can go to or lifeworkleadership.org for global. If, if you don't have a, a LifeWork group in your city, uh, you can go there and find out more about them. Well, you you came to our, our Northeast Florida Christian Chamber luncheon the other day and so much of that organization was kind of started so that we could as the body of Christ, when you hear uh, you know, what you're doing at Iron Forums or That Day or LifeWork Leadership or Wise Counsel, or you just go down the list of various ministries. Is there some overlap? Maybe some, but even hearing that, I want to get people connected, whether sure. it's our listeners or just people in our own community. You bet. My experience has been, uh, you know, I I believe that when Jesus said, go make disciples, uh, it's the idea that as we're going, Amen. we're going to make disciples. So where am I going today? Well, I'm I'm going to work. I'm going home. I'm going to the gym. Wherever it is I'm going, are our eyes open to look for those opportunities to make disciples? And I think a lot of people have been confused with disciple making is 
uh, is also directly linked to evangelism. I think the idea is that as I'm going, I'm sharing the gospel with people. Amen. Yeah. When I'm discipling somebody, I'm sharing the gospel with them. Mm-hmm. And so much of what we've been doing over the summer is working through a book called The Discipleship Gospel. Greg Gilbert, who's on staff at Southern Seminary up in Louisville, or actually his first job when he was at Southern Seminary, was I think the first day he showed up, they said, uh, I think Dr. Mulder took him aside and said, hey, you're going to write a book, and it's going to be called What is the Gospel? And, uh, of course, he didn't know this, and, uh, you know, no pressure. No pressure, exactly. Anyway, that book was written, and one of the first things he says is that if you took 10 people, evangelicals, in fact, you could take 10 evangelical pastors and ask them what is the gospel, you're going to get 10 different answers. Mm. And so Doug and I and David Gray have been really working through this book written by Bill Hull and Ben Sobels, which kind of connects. So this is what's happening in my mind. As you're mm. talking, I'm thinking, okay, this book so much of what we've been working through is we need to define what the gospel is. What what is it? And uh, it, there's there's uh, you know three declarative statements and four imperative statements. And uh, I don't want to get into that because Doug and I've been working through that. But so much of it is not just a a um, it's not just praying a prayer, right? You know what I mean? Prayer doesn't save. Jesus said, "Follow me." He, he didn't tell the guys in the boat, hey, I'm Jesus. Uh, you want to accept me as Lord and Savior? Sure. Well, pray this prayer. Right. No, he said, get out of the boat and follow me. And yet so many in the church have are relying on a prayer they prayed. And it concerns me. I know it concerns a lot of pastors that I know hmm. is that it's a Matthew 7, 21 experience where Jesus says, you know, whoa, whoa. I, I never knew you. Yeah. So, hey, we'll take one final break. Got Aaron Pena in studio with me. Glad to have him. Call us at 844-777-7928 and uh, give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network. The Jacksonville Beaches listen at 
Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Sometimes, Aaron, I just want to let that music play itself out, but it's uh, such a such a good tune. That's I'm, that's a that's a group called Need to Breathe. If you're not familiar with them, uh, in fact, they're they're kind of dissolved right now. Uh, some really talented brothers. In fact, crazy. You know, talk about a small world. Uh, my daughter worked for them, hmm. and uh, she, in fact, she did her internship in New York City with uh, their their uh, kind of parent group, I guess. Anyway, she she always got me some good tickets whenever they were in town. Yeah, and uh, they're a secular band, but they're both believers. Uh, well, there's three guys in the band, but two brothers and a friend. And uh, anyway, that song is so true about what we're talking about. You know, brother, let me be your shelter. Amen. You know, and we need as men to have some men around us who will bear the burdens with us. And uh, you know, I, I was we were talking about as we went into the break that you know where Jesus says in Matthew seven, many will say to me, Lord, Lord. And you know, scariest just, line of scripture. I think it is most sobering text I've ever written. And he's going to say, "I never knew you." Yeah. You know, I never knew you. Um, and then they're going to kind of respond with, "Well, Lord, Lord, <laughs> yeah. did we not do this, this, and this?" Yeah. So I mean, there's a difference between uh, you know doing things. I, I used to often say, um, it, "I won't share my testimony," but many people who've heard my testimony, I talk about the Christian veneer that we put on. Mm. We put these things on to make it look like we've got it got it going on. But behind that veneer was pure rot. You know, there were there were things in my life that I I'd hidden from everybody else, yet I'm, you know, I've got my Bible in hand and uh, you know, if you were to ask me in the parking lot going to church, how's it going? I'd say, man, blessed and highly favored, yeah. right? You know? Yeah. But meanwhile You know all the lines, you know the oh, be- behaviors and had it all. Yeah. Behavior modification is not the thing we want from our children. We want loving obedience. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to read this real quick, and this will kind of help us help guide the rest of our conversation. Uh, You you may even be familiar with this. A a Tale of Two Seeds. In fact, it's by Charles Stanley. Hmm. This was many years ago. Listen, right here. Yeah. Right here. (laughs) Pay attention. Listen to me. You're listening to say amen. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This is powerful. There were two kernels of wheat lying on the floor of a cozy barn. One day, the farmer came in and told them, I want to take you out of the barn and plant you in the earth. I'm going to put you in the ground and cover you with soil. It will be dark and you will die. But I promise that you will multiply and become fruitful. The first kernel of wheat said, no way. Count me out. I like my comfort and I don't want to die. But the second one, after careful consideration, decided the promise of a future harvest was worth the sacrifice. So the farmer took him outside and planted him, but left the first kernel of wheat in the barn. A few days later, a small green sprout appeared where the seed had been planted. It grew and became a stalk of wheat that produced a hundred more kernels. For the next 40 years, the farmer planted all the seeds that had originated from that first one, and year after year, the harvest multiplied. However, the kernel that stayed in the barn remained there by itself, never multiplying. Ouch. Isn't that, isn't that good? Mm. And there's so much there to talk about. I don't want to talk about that, but let that just sink in for a minute. Are, are we the kernel that has been planted? And when we're planted, he says, you're going to die. This is the part about discipleship that we don't talk about. We love the idea 
man, Jesus is going to save me for a future kingdom and a future glory in heaven. But listen, if he saved you, he saved you for something. Amen. And it gets to gets to the purpose you were talking about. Yeah. And uh, you know, I just I think about what you were talking about the small, medium, large groups, the, the larger groups. You know, what does disciple look like? Am I being discipled? Is my life different today than it was two years ago or five years ago or yesterday? That should be. And we're not saved by our works. We're not. You know, we we right. we we. <laughs> We speak into that often, but our works are the evidence yeah. of our salvation. Sure. So I, yeah, I want you to kind of pick back up on what we were talking about, just this idea of, you know, life work is such a cool ministry, and I've been through it, served on the board for a mm. few years, and uh, obviously Tammy's just doing a phenomenal job, but the impact that has, and it's, like you said, it's an eight-month journey mm-hmm. where we're learning and we're growing but how oftentimes, uh, you know, those mountaintop experiences go down into the valley eventually. You bet. And that's where, that's where the rubber meets the road. What does my life look like in light of what I know to be true? Amen. Yeah, and I, I had a really great opportunity to sit through what we call the commissioning interviews. Uh, some might call it an exit interview, but we call it a commissioning interview because we're launching people after the end of their eight-month journey. And I, I got to sit through about 30 of these over the course of three days, hour after hour of appointment, and listen to people talk about what the greatest things were that they learned on their life work journey over eight months. And what was the takeaway? What was the thing that they were going to, and we're going to hand this, I, I, I heard you say what the takeaway was and the thing that you're going to do differently now. And I'm going to hand this paper that you told me about to a board member, and they're going to call you once or twice over the next year and hold you accountable. How's Amen. that going? And the things that you heard people say, some of them were going to quit their job and go do something else. Some of them were going to stay at their job and do something very different and more focused. Some of them were doing too many things and they needed to do only a few for depth. Some of them were, were doing uh, only a, a few things that they know they really needed to be doing a third or a fourth. They really needed to be, maybe they just, some of them was simple as I need to get back in involved in my local church. Uh, somebody else said, I, I need to write a book. And so getting a chance to, to gather with those people and, and they created relationships and community with other folks that were spurring them on. The scripture says to spur each other on to love and good deeds. And that's one of the things I love about that synergy that happens. It's not two plus two equals four. It's really two plus two equals eight because you have the combined uh, energy of the Holy Spirit, but the but the body of Christ, people gathered doing what God's called them to do and just watch people excel and thrive. And a lot of them, honestly, were saying, I'm just not, I, I wasn't, I'm not, I'm not sure I can do this group this year. And, and so many of them threw up every excuse they could. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I don't know if I can do X or Y or Z. And having gone through it, I loved hearing those stories. Those are awesome. They're, uh, are they recorded? Not that I would necessarily listen to them, but well, I would like to create a culture of stories within the alumni. Uh, we have over 500, almost 600 alumni now that have been through this program over the past, you know, over a decade, uh, and we're going into our 14th year here in Jacksonville. And so, uh, I would love to start collecting, and we're going to do some things to collect stories and just hear what God's up to. Because there's somebody that's a life worker that got bricked in 10 years ago. 
that God's up to something in their that, life. That would be somebody like me. And yeah. we need to hear those stories. <laughs> yeah. And we want to create a culture that that shares those stories and go, hey, what's what what's God up to through Brad or what's God up to through through Tim Anderson at, at uh, Providence Academy? And, and Tim, I know you're listening. Um, what, what's he up to? And, and the alumni and the current group need to hear those stories of what God's up to in those folks. Amen. I totally agree. I mean, yeah. so much of what we talk about uh, within the Chamber of Commerce, Christian Chamber of Commerce, mm-hmm. is the idea that we're 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 walking like to, life together. I I want to I want to hear what what God's up to. You bet. And I mean, kind of even goes back to the question that you ask people: is what What are you reading in the Bible? Yeah. How about this one? What is the Bible reading in you? But mm. how is the Word of God transforming? Your heart. And that's where that second question comes in. What are you reading in the Word? What are you struggling with? Yeah. Because anybody, when we're faced with something out of alignment in our life, the, the plumb line of Scripture is the only thing that can truly set us back on track. Business people get this intuitively. We have vision, we have strategy, and we have execution. And if people aren't doing things in alignment with the strategy, something is out of alignment. We need to get it back in alignment. And so helping people with you know, using the word to be that plumb line to straighten things out in their life and, and realign their And our, our ministry's mission has always been realigning lives with the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus Christ. And we use the word to do that. I've got a lot of opinions. I've got a lot of training. I know a lot about, you know, neuroscience. But ultimately, the only thing that's going to really transform you is the word of God and getting it into you and living it out. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Hey, we just have a few minutes left. Uh and we'll do this again. Sure. Just in, I'm already thinking about other places we can talk about this, but talk about that day, hmm. the presentation that day. Sure. How did that get birthed? What is it exactly? Because, uh, man, I, I want to hear it in person. Well, let me talk fast. So you got to promise you can listen fast. Uh, a friend of mine, a mentor of mine, gave me a DVD uh, many years ago, almost 14 years ago, uh, of a pastor doing a story about the Bema Seat judgment, the judgment, the rewards judgment where believers give an account for their life and receive the rewards for the things done in the body according to what we've done, whether good or bad, 2 Corinthians 5.10. And I, I put them off, put them off, put them off, and eventually I finally said, fine, we're watching the DVD tonight. And I'm thinking to myself, look, we, we have a tween. We, my, our oldest daughter was like 12. We had a 19-month-old, and, and my wife was out to here pregnant with our twins. I, I was way overcommitted, and I'm like, I just had to be honest. There's no way I can do this. And so I thought to myself, I got it. I've got the Christian way of getting out. We'll watch the DVD. My wife will look at me and say, babe, you're overcommitted. There's no way we can do this. I'll go back and say, hey, my wife says we can't do it. It'll put a strain on our marriage. So I can't do it. And I would save face. Well, that totally backfired. We're watching this DVD. And Pete Briscoe, this pastor out in Bent Tree Bible Fellowship in Texas, is doing this thing based on a book. Tim Stevenson wrote a story called The Bema, a story about the judgment seat of Christ, uh, and and handed it to his pastor. And Pete Briscoe did this thing. And finally, um, I, I realized my wife was watching this DVD going, You're, you need to do this. And so I rewrote the script, kind of tailor-made it for kind of the typical alpha male. And uh, and several months later, we performed it as a dinner theater production and it, it basically, it's it's a story where I play 21 different characters that tell the story of a main character who on the biggest day of his career finds himself standing before Jesus to account for his life. And the, and the angel calls out a name and some guy from the third century comes up and accounts for his life and receives rewards. And here's Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. 
and he gives him a crown and he gives him these rewards. And then he hears more names called and he gets to hear the name of a guy he recognizes in his life. And then he gets to hear his own name called and he realizes, oh my gosh, I'm not ready to give an account for my life. And then we, we take a break and do an exercise that really makes an impact at the end of the show. And then we get to hear the rest of Dan's life and the rest of his judgment. And he gets to go back and fix a few things. And that day is just one of those things that helps people come to, 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 to realization that you will account for your life before Jesus. And it will be a great day. Mm. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. It's, it, one of the things that I saw is, is he going to say welcome? Or is he going to say well done? Or is he going to say, well, yeah, yeah. Hey, Aaron, what a great time hanging out with you. And, uh, man, it just makes me want to get you back in. Uh, I'm in. Let's go get coffee. Let's do it. <laughs> Glad you tuned in today. Uh, we're, we'll be back on Monday, Doug and I. And uh, if you want to go back and listen to this broadcast or any of our broadcasts, go to SWATradio.com. You can listen there. You can download the SWAT Radio app and listen anytime you want. Hey, how about that? Glad to have Aaron Pena in studio. And Aaron, have a great weekend. 